hosts of the show drop the mic this is our second episode of the new segment and our 10th episode of reverb radio and uh, so today we're going to be talking about body positivity the podcast today is on that theme and with me i have here aditi hi i'm a guest on reverb radio and also the researcher and i'm stoked to be here uh, and talk about body positivity today great stuff uh so what is body positivity you know all of us as individuals have very different meanings of it depending on where we've uh, where we've read about it or where we've kind of derived the concept from so body positivity kind of refers to this assertion that all people deserve to have a positive body image regardless of how they're perceived in society popular culture or media or whatever the ideal shape size and appearances are perceived in those outlets so some of the goals of body positivity and its movement they include challenging how society views the body promoting the acceptance of all bodies helping people build confidence and accept their own bodies and have a positive body image of their own and also and at the end of the day addressing unrealistic body standards that you see on social media or in films and music videos and stuff like that so yeah, it and apart from all of that body positivity also recognizes the judgments that are often made based on not just body shapes but also by race gender and uh, sexuality and disability um it also aims to help people understand how popular media messages contribute to the relationship that people have with their bodies including how they feel about food exercise clothing health identity and self care uh, by better understanding the effect that such influences have the hope is that people can develop a healthier and a much more realistic relationship with their bodies body positivity now it differs from positive body image and self love because of the audience that it is intended towards now body positivity and the movement was initially created to give representation to the uh, bodies that were not seen in the media or that were not given it's the representation that they should have been given now even though anybody can be a part of the body positivity movement those who meet the media norm are considered more of to be allies and are and kind of in support to promote the underrepresented bodies uh and apart from uh accepting different shapes and sizes women are these days highly motivated to advocate the normalization of body hair bodily fluids menstruation and to challenge preconceived ideas regarding a woman's appearance uh now i'd love to ask aditi what she thinks about body positivity and what her personal opinion is um so I mean we actually spoke about Jamila Jamil yesterday when we were talking about this and I feel like I'm really really glad we started talking about body neutrality and not positivity because even talking about something as positive makes it um this sort of pressure that's built around the idea that you have to love your body for what it is and um I really like how neutrality means that you sort of reach a middle ground you know she talks about how the idea of like loving your body isn't always very realistic and you can have days where you don't love your body and that's okay it's about finding this balance and body neutrality emphasizes on seeing your body as a vehicle which if well maintained can allow you to live a really happy life and it also steers you away from objectifying one's body and this seems like a balanced approach to life but 
people with disability don't actually get to do that. So when we do talk about disability, I have a lot to say when it comes to understanding illness and how people with disability perceive themselves or the kind of space that we are or not allowed to take up in the body positivity movement. And so I sort of would, I, in my head, I still do think of it as neutrality because for me, it's just, like I said, it's not about constantly loving my body because there are so many days when you're really unhappy with how your body is treating you, but even reaching a middle ground and not like completely being in love with yourself, just like not hating your body is, is good enough for me. And I feel like body neutrality is something I sort of, strive towards definitely definitely i think one of the you know i think that's something that we all kind of need to um know that body positivity you know people have this misconception that oh if you're body positive you have to love your body like 24 hours 7 there is no way that you can hate it or there's no way some people also think that you know if you're body positive you shouldn't lose weight but it's actually you know it's actually not that those are many of the misconceptions that you know i'd like to i'd like to tell into but i think another misconception that uh, which i'd like to delve into a little earlier would be that people when they think of body positivity majority the first thing they think of is women we often kind of look past men and yeah. their struggles in this area you know um, it's many men they face issues uh, just the same issues as women do uh, in relation to body positivity and self-esteem and I think it's quite a high time that we should talk about them because when yeah. initially body positivity started, the entire movement was so much revolved, it revolved so much around women. And then it slowly came to people of different sexualities or different genders yeah. and then people of disabilities. And then I think somewhere, you know, uh, along that path, we kind of um, forgot that, oh, wait, we got to look about we gotta consider men too and men often face the idea that they do not care about their appearance and therefore you know they're quite socially pressured to keep their feelings about it bottled up it's kind of like yeah. the social norm that you know guys they don't they just need to hop into the shower and then they're done yeah. that's it they don't need yeah. to get ready but it's actually oftentimes not that and yeah. in fact they're more pressured to get ready and to make it look like, oh, I didn't spend time, I didn't spend any time at this. And yeah. that's kind of the very difficult truth about male self-image. From a very young age, most men are thought that being a man boils down to a couple of things, like boys don't cry and they, you know, they keep their feelings bottled yeah. up or don't showing their emotions. emotions weak. Exactly. Always yeah. have to be strong and brave. And, yeah. you know, 2018 Vancouver-based study estimated that nearly one-third of men have struggled with an eating disorder at some point in their lives, whether it be muscle dysmorphia, anorexia, or any other issue caused by unattainable standards in media that can affect them. Because um, in, in media, if you see a, a man is a strong man, is always portrayed as a man who has muscles and, you know, who's tall and who's handsome and who's dark. And that's kind of what society perceives about it also in a way. You know, it's yeah. not easy being a man, especially when it comes to seeking treatment and wellness in female-focused spaces. Because um, it's, it's quite unusual for some people when they hear that, you know, a man's going for, um, you know, for treatment for eating disorders or stuff like that. And, yeah. uh, you know, considering the stigma that's already around them these days, whether it is for women or men. So statistics have shown that men now are unhappier with their body image than ever before. And due to this whole toxic masculinity culture that is being purported today, many men are finding it difficult to speak about their struggles. 
and uh, especially as i said before in female focused spaces and it's becoming increasingly important in like today's day and age and kind of yeah. the kind of society that we live in to really bring this topic up and mm-hmm. although like you know when i said before everybody's seen the jamila jamil and many other influencers and their body positivity movements on instagram but if you ever like maybe go through all those uh, hashtags and stuff like that and just take a quick look at the app you see that there's only occasional male taking part like only 58% exactly. yeah. of men stated that yeah and you know it's you don't see a lot of um, men and their pictures on there you know when it comes to body positivity you know 58% of men stated that they'd like to be a size medium with 96% women wanting to be a size small and yeah. that's kind of like this whole concept that goes around in society that you know what's what's the next um, uh, what's the next size that i can go down to and i think that's quite a very toxic um, culture when you think of it yeah uh, however body dissatisfaction likely begins as youngsters we think it's not something that just you know you wake up one day and you say that oh okay you know maybe i don't like my body that much but it's something that kind of develops yeah, over time yeah it slowly develops yeah it's uh, exactly first it's you know what first is the kind of behavior you observe around your family and then your school your friends and then society and then you're going to p- start picking up on the small pieces as you grow older uh so you know it's body dissatisfaction beginning at, at you know such a young age it kind of ingrains in us at a young age that it's it's a very hard thing to shake shockingly a uh, 2016 survey conducted by the bbc found that 55% of the boys between the age of 8 and 18 said they'd like to change their diet or to improve their body image and i mean when if this is the statistics with men i mean i'd i'd be scared to look at what the statistics with women would be yeah and exactly the thing yeah. is like i think because it's so centric like the whole narrative has been so centric to women it's really good that you brought up the point that we also that doesn't mean we ignore men it's not like men do not have problems and it's just happening with women because when people think of an eating disorder or they think of um body positivity they automatically associate these issues with women which makes it even harder for the other side here being men or people that don't conform to either um gender that it becomes really hard for them to talk about why they face body dysmorphia and the thing is that um so there's there's always been this sort of long running stigma about the imperfect body and the female body positivity movement is all has always been stronger like like dove and a lot of other companies have started talking about it in their ad campaigns and sort of breaking the norm and this helps women to be appreciative of their bodies but we still don't see that for men and the, i mean all of this sort of is it is done with good intentions but it raises the question that where is the body positivity movement for men like where is it because it's is it still budding um and there's like a plethora of like evidence right for women that we are judged more on our looks than men but like the issues that men face are just as complex right because you already spoke about how they're so conditioned to not show emotion but when they're going through this process of you know sort of breaking down it's even harder for them to actually ask for help so like celebrities like sam smith or robert patterson when they open up about their struggles um it provides more confirmation that there is a problem that men are having 
like it gives a good context to young men or to even yeah. a woman of any age that you know if they can do it then why do why do i have to stay quiet yeah. so yeah that's yeah. definitely one thing and you know like as i said earlier that now you know the advancement that we've had in the movement of body positivity it's kind of shifted from it being centric around uh, shapes and sizes to many other things to many other physical aspects of yeah. uh, a person's body hair. you know exactly yeah. hair and skin color and uh, stuff like that you know the especially like the and- whole um, idea like like you spoke about high school boys and i remember reading that statistic as well and and how um you know like middle school high school boys are so focused on like going to the gym already and bulking up because exactly. they feel like that is the ideal body to have versus um men who are in their 30s or 40s constantly feeling like the fact that they have a beard belly or their hair is turning from black to gray is abnormal but in reality this is just a very normal part of becoming human right but um i think we also spoke about how there's this huge industry when it comes to um that is now started developing where they're sort of tapping into the insecurities of men like it was always there for women but now that they've realized it's sort of an easy target when it comes to um premature balding or um you know wanting to lose weight to look like you have abs and like the perfect body so that you attract more women which sort of perpetrates the idea further which is that like you have to conform and look a certain way because you really don't have the option to look the way you do right now exactly like the stigma does not really end at a at a man's you know body fat percentage you know men they struggle with things like height perception you know oh tall men and you know tall men are much more attractive than shorter men or hair loss and skin color now i think recently if you notice um you know whether it's in younger men or in older their hair loss seems as a very uh, you know it's a very budding concern for everybody like yeah. when i you know when i went through some websites i kind of read that the hair loss industry in itself is estimated to be worth at least 1.5 billion dollars and this is all from wow. men and you know it has hair loss has been linked to feelings of inadequacy or low self esteem and even depression amongst men uh the same case is with height too you know taller men are more self confident and they have a healthy dating life or a higher self esteem and you know when it comes to skin we can see that there are more and more brands that are targeting men as you know the new demographic for the skincare product yeah. when you see virat kohli's ad you know for uh, for nivea and stuff like that yeah, and you know i i'd, I'd like to kind of yeah i'd like to kind of revert the conversation back to when we were talking about the representation in media like whether it's uh, yeah. especially around hair loss whether it is uh ujjwala chaman or uh, bala and movies like these i mean it's great that they are being represented but i've always thought to myself that why is it that you want an actor that um, that's maybe experiencing premature balding or you want a uh, actress who's or even an actor who's not the typical body size why do you want these people only when you are making films regarding that exactly. why not and they always get normal... the same kind of roles right like the chubby exactly. best friend or the yeah. the bubbly sort of person is automatically shown to be sort of fatter Exactly. which is just like, um and i think that that that's actually a really good example because when we're talking about the middle school boys another thing i came across was 
the movies that cater to that demographic are all these superhero movies so like four out of 10 movies that we're looking at in the last year that has been for them shows this ideal man with perfect hair and a perfect body structure and that person because of their physique is is portrayed as someone that is brave and dependable and honorable and for all to be all of these things it's not just character you need muscles you know so that that sort of like sinks into this person's mind at like such a young age exactly exactly like you know these days you you pull up your instagram stories i see all my juniors they're all and these are like 14 15 year old guys i'm talking about all in the gym and every single day they have to have you know the gym selfie the gym mirror selfie posted up and you know it's it's a very i think when it comes to body positivity and when i say this i talk about men women and you know the entire movement itself you know the day it stops being glorified to become normal is the day it will become normal like you know when you hear somebody talk about yeah. body positivity or a director who makes a movie about it you give them so much praise but actually it's it's supposed to be a normal thing to do like yeah. you're not like you don't praise somebody for helping a woman you know who's fallen down on the street or helping somebody that's just something that it's expected of you um in society and i think that's definitely one thing that everybody kind of needs to think about a little the when it comes to the kind of movies you're watching or the kind of um, you know or the kind of people that you're hanging out with and stuff like that and i think one of the ways to really come you know really combat this especially with men is kind of gender neutral movements our body positivity movements you know they should be gender neutral uh, brands need to expand their horizons and include people from different ethnicities colors shapes and sizes um, and even different sexual orientations in their campaigns you know and another thing that i think in society that we see in a very informal way it's kind of the nasty commentary that men and women are faced with you know we often assume that men are not as affected by comments on their physicality as women are but um, yeah but actually they are because at the end of the day you know everyone's human and everyone you know no, you never know how how much of a thick skin somebody has you know friends family and social media they can sometimes be absolutely ruthless to men and you know as they are to women if not more so yeah like what would your take be on you know the kind of solutions that would help or to help combat this yeah i i completely agree um because i feel time and again um social media has proved to us that it's not a safe space that we would like it to be ideally and um like when we um when i take the example of alok uh, menon he's this uh, trans activist and time and again he talks about uh, the kind of comments that he receives in his inbox or he will show us the kind of comments that people write in his you know on his posts and it's it's disgusting it's scary and it shows you that like we still have a really long way to go um it's not like one of those trends that just comes and goes and it's just a topic of conversation for a little while it's something that like everyone deals with every day because like we already said there are industries that are always telling us whatever you are um, you're definitely not good enough and you have a long way to go and how can you exactly. accept yourself for who you are i mean we would lose money if you did that 
So exactly, um, like yeah. I think what we really should change is kind of our perception. You know, when you why is it that the 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 chubby girl, the chubby guy is the funny character? Why can't he be the main hero? Or yeah, I think just the day that perception kind of changes is the day where people will kind of start looking at it very differently and. and i think then the solutions they just come automatically and the problem just gets you know starts to get solved like in itself so yeah i mean i think another thing that i would kind of another topic that i'd like to go to to make people more aware before we delve into misconceptions and criticisms and other aspects of um, of you know the episode is that it's history people are not very aware of where body positivity actually comes from you know i used to think that i didn't i didn't know i used to think that you know one day jamila jamil just came up with a new idea and there was that on social media and then it just blew up from there but body positivity actually has its roots in the fat acceptance movement that uh, occurred in the late 1960s fat acceptance focused on ending the culture of fat shaming and discrimination against people based on their size or body weight the national association to advance fat acceptance was first established in 1969 and it still continues to work to change how people talk about weight you know the term body yeah. positive uh, body positive when you think of it, it you know where it comes from it actually emerged in 1996 when a psychotherapist and an individual who had been through treatment for an eating disorder found this website thebodypositive.org now the site still offers resources and educational materials designed to help people feel good about their bodies by taking focus off of losing weight through unhealthy diet and exercise efforts because i really think that people kind of need to start to learn how to um perceive their physical body and you know their own um you know their own emotional aspects or what people call as the inner beauty as two very different entities yeah. and to not mix them together to kind yeah. of help i mean that's just one thing that i've jumped to the present yeah. where you know going back to the history yeah. uh you know body positivity yeah. movement in its current form you know which engulfs all sorts of things it kind of emerged around 2012 it initially focused on challenging unrealistic feminine beauty standards that you know that we saw everywhere and as the movement grew yeah. in popularity the original focus on acceptance of weight kind of began to shift towards a message that was all bodies are beautiful regardless of weight shape size skin or uh, ethnicity or whatever and now while body positivity has become increasingly popular people continue to be confused about what it exactly means part of the reason you could say is that you know body of why body positivity is so misunderstood is due to the fact that um, there are so many definitions of what the movement means like when i first started reading about it i was like wait so this is what i've read on this site but this is what it says on this site you know it it's kind of depending on mm-hmm. as i said before who you ask and where you've read about it from when i um looked into the history of the movement i went all the way back and i remember looking at you know the body positivity movements on social media and when you look at it it's actually just it sort of stemmed in this demand for equality and acceptance of all shapes and sizes and ethnicities because people felt like they weren't getting the same job opportunities as um if they were on the heavier side and that was just straight up wrong so the older the sort of oldest roots you could look back to was this the victorian dress reform movement where you know women advocated for the acceptance of women's bodies 
and they discouraged other women to stop using these like extreme corsets because it would literally lead to body mutilation to fit the standard absolutely, of an extremely absolutely. petite waist and an hourglass figure and i mean the hourglass figure still sort of is um something you will come across but this reform was huge because it was arguing that you know under layers of fabric of this elaborate dress there is actually a human person not just exactly. um yeah and they also like i mean when we look at the idea of ending fat shaming it was actually kicked off at least in america by this essay that people should read if they're interested is called more people should be fat and he critiqued the way fat people were treated and you know not just discrimination in the workplace but even in how they're presented in magazines and you know so you already spoke about the healthy size and the fact that it's not just a number on a scale and like how healthy a person is just because they don't look healthy according to you because honestly what is healthy i mean we'll get to that when again when we get to the disability part but soon after that in like 1990s something the body the body positive came came about as an organization and that's sort of what you just spoke about but this was everything that happened before it i think i was thinking when uh, when you were talking about uh, the corsets i feel like any listener who's from cbse we're going to just automatically remember that class 10 syllabus or maybe not but I, that's what i remembered because i remember that was the first time we heard what a corset actually was and we were like what that sort of torture was what we even up through once <laughs> and um, yeah so you know it's kind of like depending on who you ask body positivity can mean like a ton of things it can be appreciating your body despite its flaws feeling confident about your body loving yourself or just accepting your body shape and size and even others now body positivity also means enjoying the body you have and not beating yourself up over changes that happen naturally yeah. due to aging or pregnancy or lifestyle choices or any injuries you know there's you know there's one quote that i'd really like to that i'd really like to say here which i think would which really changed my perspective on body positivity and just my body image personally which is um i don't i don't really quite remember where i came across it but it was that if everybody in this world ate the exact same thing and exercised the exact same way all of our bodies would still be different and that complete that was like a like a kind of like yeah. poof thing for me like my brain just went poof and um, yeah. it was it's quite a shocking thing to read because you never really think of that because all of us are just naturally and genetically very different people um exactly and that's one thing that i think every every person regardless of your gender regardless of your age you should just remember and when you do remember that a lot a lot of things kind of start to come into perspective that oh wait i just had this all wrong you know i cannot be like the person right next to me you know i cannot be as uh, thin as the person next to me or as curvy as the person next to me because i'm different and i have to accept that and that acceptance is what body positivity really is about whether it's for yourself or for others uh in and instagram also plays kind of a pivotal role in the rise of yeah. body positivity i mean 
you know, when you think of COVID-19, everything's gone online. And even before this, people were always on Instagram and on Twitter and on YouTube. So you can just imagine how much people must be there now. Like I can say that definitely I spend much more time on Instagram than I did before. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in recent years, a number of magazines and companies have kind of incorporated efforts to be more body positive in their publication and the marketing efforts. Some magazines have stopped airbrushing models while companies, uh, while companies, as you said, including Dove and uh, another company known as, uh, known as Aria, it's an American company, you know, they've developed marketing campaigns that kind of that incorporate body positivity messages. And I think that's, you know, that's just what the first step is all about, that you really do need to bring it into the mainstream media so it can reach a much more wider audience. And yeah, because at the end of the day, yeah. you don't know who follows a body positivity account and who doesn't. That's true. But I remember um, in my first year, I actually did my research paper on eating disorders and how social media plays a huge role on that. And the statistics were horrifying. I mean, um, even when I was doing research for this, I remember looking at the sort of social media trends and how they propagate unhealthy body standards. And um, things like the bikini bridge and thigh gaps are, you know, social media yeah. trends because they're supposed to be inspirations. It's like there is actually a hashtag called Thinspiration and there is like a huge correlation between social media and eating disorders like this constant pressure to eat clean and follow a new diet and feel guilty about what you eat automatically it starts slowly but before you know it you spiral into this place where you just you feel like eating is wrong you know you have to feel guilty for everything that you put into your body there are so many things i mean women are um, like at least the reported statistics have only come in for young girls and women uh, who need protection because they're so vulnerable then on, on social media. There's this constant need for validation and approval of their bodies that they sort of fall prey to um, the wrong sort of crowd. And there are so many hashtags and so many um, pages that talk about, you know, post-pregnancy bodies, like the fact that your body has just undergone such a huge change and there's so much pressure to immediately go back to looking the way you did before. And that's not possible because you, your body is not the same. You just gave birth to a human being, you know? So your yeah. body is going to be different and it takes a long while for you to accept that. And on top of that, society puts so much pressure on you as well. That's something that I definitely, definitely agree with. And I think majority of the people would, you know, when you, when you go on Instagram or, uh, or like I'd say TikTok, and I can already hear some people sighing when I said that. Uh, and, uh, you know, when you, when you think of that, there's this thing called the glow up, you know, it's a new kind of millennial lingo yeah. that's coming to play these days. Now, when you see all these glow up videos, like majority of them that I've seen are, I lost weight. I grew my hair or I cut my hair or I colored them and I, I now know how to do makeup. Like majority of them and with some, you know, with some very uh, badass music playing in the background. And but when you think of it, there are very few videos that I think people will come across or at least I've seen, which are, and those are the globes that I truly love, which are about, I once saw a video of a woman of 40 something year old women who, um, 
whose glow up was you know she said that i didn't really lose weight or change my appearance i just came out of an abusive marriage and now my children are safe and i'm safe and now i'm much more healthier than i was before and i think that is such a true glow up you know when you when you really accept um, within yourself that i deserve better and that i need to i need to now do what's good for me and i think that truly is a great job so this and this puts so much pressure on kids these days that you know oh my god i need to have a glow up or stuff like that uh, i think there's also the aspect of cyberbullying that we overlooked when when you're a teenager oh, yes. there's just the idea of conforming and also the fact that you know um teenagers are slightly more vulnerable because you're sort of really just developing your own sense of who you are and in the midst of all of that if there are people constantly putting you down and telling you that you don't look okay that's definitely also going to further propagate the idea that you need to change the way you look and you need to change the way you eat and you need to change the way you dress and you need to sort of lose weight or put on weight because i think a lot of times it's also about um the idea of being too skinny a lot of people have had to speak out about how um it's not always like when you talk about body positivity it's not not always just accepting um thicker bodies but also people who are really skinny and like just the com like the relentless amount of commentary that people th- like sort of pass and it's not okay um like they walk on eggshells around people um who might be on the heavier side because they don't want to offend them but they think it's okay to sort of put their hand around someone's wrist and go oh my god you're so skinny and you're so thin and this and and what do you eat you know um and like you said right all of us could be eating the same thing but genetically some people tend to uh put on weight or we're just predisposed to certain factors and influences and some things are just not in your control absolutely i mean that's something that i totally agree with that it's never enough you know you never know that okay now there's when you actually when you sit down when you think of it there is no ideal body because never nothing's ever enough for people you know especially i think an example that i will use that's more relatable for indian kids or people who grown up in an indian culture it's you know your indian aunties they say oh my god why have you lost so much weight are you not eating oh my god yeah. you put on so much weight are you eating too much like so it's never really enough and you know how you said on social media you know how people and even on you know with social media you know i kind of like i think it's a great way to segue into the criticism that these days with the kind of even when it comes to people who are body positive uh you know the posts that they put up or um, in the kind of things that they write when you as a you know when you are someone who's looking at them you know as a perceiver when you see them it kind of puts this added pressure that oh my god i am supposed to think this way or this is the way i'm supposed to look like body positivity and the movement is sometimes criticized that you know you don't um, you don't represent enough body uh, body you know enough body enough diversity of bodies you know it's either it's either too curvy or it's either too thin or uh, it's never something in the middle so all the and it's not just about bodies it's about people with disabilities you know it's very rarely that you see a woman or a man who's plus size and also who has a disability like it's it's a very you know now it's coming up it's a very new kind of concept that's starting to come up now but i mean it would have i think it would have been much more helpful if people if it would have come up a long time ago like imagine the kind of uh, good that must have uh, that would have done 
and you know many popular now when it comes to the criticism of body positivity many popular weight loss and fitness companies they run a so called body positive campaign whose surface image is you know you should feel good about being in your body but the subtext is usually you can't feel good in your body as it is loving yourself and being body positive is about creating a body you love and instead of starting from a place of love and acceptance and not needing to change your body in the first place you know body positive campaigns they they have their hearts in the right place but them and the messages are good too i mean of course they are but you know you but it's always a message to be resilient or to be confident or to love your body or to be beautiful and that all bodies are beautiful but people often forget that not everybody feels that way not everybody wakes up thinking that today i'm going to be body positive today i'm going to be very confident you know as you said yeah. earlier it's not about feeling 24/7 confident and you know apart from that it's somebody who's very new to the concept of body positivity they might think that okay today i woke up and i'm not feeling very confident am i not body positive and and it kind of guilt trips them and it puts them in a place of you know okay i'm doing this wrong and you know place of self blame that of their own that wait am i wrong to not feel this way or you know am i you know is it something that i'm doing bad towards the body positivity community by not doing this but that's actually not true it's it's very hard to be resilient in the face of a dominant and such a powerful beauty ideal that you see everywhere all around you you know in visual as well as virtual culture you know are feeling ashamed of your body really is it really becomes kind of a way of being ashamed of yourself you know if we're feeling shame telling us we shouldn't feel like that it it cannot just it cannot just does more harm than it does good you know it can make us feel more guilty as i said before you know another criticism of body positivity is that it can be quite non inclusive depictions of body positive yeah. messages tend just... to exclude people of color as well as those who are disabled or lgbtq yeah. or non binary and i exactly. think that's somewhere that you know yeah. what you were saying before about body yeah. neutrality or body that. positivity it could really come in yeah that's something i was just getting to because um uh since i have an autoimmune condition i have multiple sclerosis and it comes under the 12 recognized disabilities um globally um i feel like one it's really hard to accept that you are a part of that community that um feels a disability simply because you don't look sick and i'm that sort of the same idea as you don't look healthy when you look at someone who's fat and you try to tell them we're telling you this because we want you to be healthy but there is no ideal version of what healthy should look like you know someone could be on the heavier side and be completely healthy people with disability um are constantly forced to think of themselves as people with disability or people that don't look sick enough to be a part of the disabled community and even when you look at the dog graphic that you know has been like given a lot of applause for being inclusive because it looks at different race and different sizes and and different skin colors but you see everyone is standing which therefore implies everybody is able bodied and exactly none of them are there's no age related disability that you can see there's no uh, cognitive Uh, or congenital disability that's that you can see there's no visible disability disability of any kind and um i think 
that image of no disability at all shows you that judging by who is left out here, the message is that all bodies are not good bodies. Even though that is the sort of message that they're trying to show you, the lack of representation lets you know that you're still not good, you know? And um, I had a very like limited perception of disability earlier before I fell sick. And in the media, dis disabled people are often shown as really helpless or people that are completely oh, yes. sexual absolutely or, or like people that require pity or people of inspiration which again puts pressure on these people to conform into one of these blocks and it also mm -hmm. tells and body positivity constantly stresses on the fact that this inclusive space you can't see any representation of yourself and it's always focusing on the rhetoric of loving your body you know and um it's also always focused on what bodies can look like rather than what they can feel like. And this is sort of almost like, it focuses almost on like health or athleticism, you know? And when you think of this discourse, it's really valuable for a lot of people. And it's not easy for people with disability to, to relate because our bodies are in pain and they're tired and they're slow and they can't get out of bed, you know? So it's not just about, uh, it's not about being thin or fat because people with disability are very, very often not represented altogether. And they're told that you should love your body, you know? Um, and even though we've come to accept that your body is just a vessel and all of that, it is really hard to love a body that is not functional, that keeps you in hospitals, that takes away a lot of your time and your youth and your energy, you know. So there is a huge part of our lives that we want other people to see. And when you're talking about body positivity and inclusion and you completely like sideline one group of people altogether, it shows them that... Um, yeah, we're talking about everybody, but we're not talking about you. Yeah, you know, when it's, it's a, I mean, it's a very important point that you said that whenever we look at somebody, whether it's in the media or in normal day-to-day -day life, it's always a person with disabilities either look, you know, someone to be very inspirational or someone, you know, who should be looked at with a sense of pity or with a sense of sympathy. When that's actually not it, that person is a completely normal person just like you who just has to, and I mean, they're not even normal to an extent because they're dealing with something that you're not. But, but that doesn't mean that your behavior towards them shouldn't be normal. I mean, it should. So, so a lot of like disability scholars actually, when we, when we look at body positively image, is it's not just about that. I think it's the fact that uh, non-disabled people do not want to see people with disability. The lack of representation is there because the idea is, oh my God, we don't want to see people with disabilities. Disabilities are depressing. It actually makes you think of your mortality. You know, it makes you feel um, bad that you stress about trivial matters in life. And um, like there's this disability scholar, Susan Wendell, and she points out that people with disability are often associated with loss of control and death and suffering. So when we see these things, it sort of like brings out people's fear. And in reality, people with disability are not always suffering. It does not always mean loss of control. It does not always mean death. And 
the belief that we can control our bodies and stay perpetually young and put off by put off deaths infinitely uh, results in disabled people being you know shunted by the media and by people in general which yes. um gets me to uh, there's this uh, blog i follow and i would really like other people to go check it out if since most people are trying to be more aware i feel like this is something that we don't talk about enough it's called the body is not an apology and it's a magazine and it it publishes articles um and this is something i read there and i feel like is sort of very important and it sort of talks about that when we talk about the internal experience of one's own body disability actually raises these complicated questions like is everything about a body really worth being positive about what if your body is in chronic pain and you can't feel positive about that body and if you can do you have to you know if you if you don't feel positive about that body does that mean that you're failing and can you love some aspects of your body and not love the others because this is something i deal with all the time which is that um someone can compliment me but simply because of the knowledge that i may not be doing well physically that is not visible to someone else i feel like i can't accept that 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 compliment but i think a lot of learning and unlearning has taken place with the help of professionals to understand that it's okay to accept a compliment and also sort of not like a side of your body but that doesn't mean both can't coexist which brings me back to my point of neutrality being something we should strive towards and at the basis of these kind of questions there is an essential problem that we tend to think of the body uh, our bodies as binaries that you're either beautiful or you're ugly you know you hate it or you love it and it's either a negative one or a positive one and you're either broken or you're whole and this is something that i again got from the blog so there is there is a middle ground between these extremities you know and what if the terms we use for these bodies is very limiting you know and they don't just hurt us but they also hurt people like you because it's just a narrow construct that people are then forced to conform to yeah i mean so, people really yeah. kind of need to understand that it's not just it's not a binary concept it's not black and white you know it has the colors of the world in in the middle of it and you need to accept that and i think that is i mean i can say i i gained a lot of knowledge from just hearing you because i mean i as a person and i, I wish many people did this to i i truly accept that i really don't know much about this which is a very bad thing because it's not in the mainstream media which people should know which i should know so i mean this is this kind of perspective you know it's it's something that really yeah. i mean i'm very glad to have heard yeah and, and i think you know, that's what we spoke about yesterday i wish um, i feel like we forgot yeah. to bring it up when it came to history which is that we the kind of media we consume um and this sort of goes for everything like i know i shouldn't bring in a parallel of like sustainability or where we shop but it's the same equivalent of shopping right which is you pay money and you buy a product and if a lot of people are paying money for a certain product that product gets 
produced a lot so when you pay money to watch a movie where you see the same sort of um ideal representation of what a body should look like etc versus when you watch movies or consume media where um you know where you do see representation and you filmmakers start realizing people actually want to see real stories of real people they sort of tend to choose and pick those movies to be produced like when we uh, like vidya balan is constantly asked by the media time and again what it's like to be someone who is not the ideal body type in um, the bollywood industry where that sort of idea of looking glamorous is associated with being thin and tall and slim and trim sector absolutely i mean even you know i sometimes you really think about it you think that why is it that you know the physical aspects are even brought into the professional life like you know with vidya balan she sits down for an interview to promote a movie but the first question that she's asked is you know okay how do you feel about the way your body is perceived like you know it's it's quite it's quite a bizarre concept when you think of it you know i'd like to take an example of an actress bhumi bednekar um yeah. you know in her movie it was quite a famous movie i think dam laga ke haisha dam laga ke haisha yeah yeah it it i mean it it did very well in the box office and i think yeah. that was kind of the start or that kind of the ignition of when these movies kind of started to it was the oldest of um, all of yeah. the movies that were centric around uh, raising an awareness and but you know the sad part is that at the end of the day even after making these movies um you know to be accepted in bollywood she's given interviews that she she had to she had to lose weight and so is i mean at least she was you know she did a movie as a plus size actress and then lost weight but you know with alia bhad you always hear her saying that oh she was so chubby but karan johar refused to take her into a movie until she lost the weight yeah and that's i mean that's quite shocking but i mean this kind of you know i mean this kind of brings me to another misconception of uh, like a little away from criticism that um, you know people who are uh, if you are a pl- if you are plus size and if you lose weight uh, that's against body positivity i mean that's something that i'd like to delve uh, maybe in yeah. a couple in a couple of minutes but i mean one thing absolutely that i love about this topic or this sub topic that we're talking but right now is body neutrality instead of body positivity you know especially yeah. in context of jamila jamil i mean i think people if if the listeners might wonder that why are we taking her name so many times it's because she's kind of the most prominent figure that you have because she's also an actress so that also puts her in a position of uh, someone being in the mainstream culture yeah. and kind of using that uh, position or that pedestal that she's gotten to raise awareness so you know i mean she was i think the first one who came up with this whole body neutrality thing because she really you know she kind of described that one of the faces of body positivity movement it kind of suggests miscategorization she she recognized that the movement wasn't really right for everyone because many people felt shut out of the body positivity conversations i mean as we just spoke right now so instead you know she suggested that she advocates for body liberation and or even as you said neutrality in because this approach involves taking your body out of the center of your self image you know because another criticism of the body positive trend that you know it's that it makes the appearance of um, of a body or of, of an individual so important that you know um, 
the again what you call as inner beauty the importance of that starts to fade away you know one of the most yeah. important elements you know it kind of uh, you know as yeah. i said you know the trend it makes the appearance of the body so important that more important than the other elements of a person's self perception it neglects all of the other elements of a person's identity that are more important than how a person looks and at the end of the day you know when you are um, whether it is you're hiring somebody for a job or you're becoming friends with somebody i mean you kind of look past the physical aspect um, yeah after some point and in this aspect you know jamila starts suggesting that people should really stop making the body the determinant of self worth and self perception exactly you know, that, and that idea that is idea. radical you know like like just exactly. this idea that like we are enough just as we are that like I mean, self care is different for every person you know i'm not saying that like um if someone wants to lose weight they should go ahead and lose weight if someone wants to keep their body hair there they should be allowed to do that as well i feel like um you know our existence is determined by how we want to sort of um curate our experience of living in our bodies i think that's the best way i can like word it which is that yeah, that's wonderfully sort of, put yeah collect yeah. how we want to feel towards it so self care and taking care of ourselves and our bodies can look different to different people eating healthy is my version of self care but there are times that that can become like hinge on being toxic i mean and i think this could truly be such a healthy and a much more inclusive approach so that kind of takes out the problem of um, inclusivity in itself because when you think of it as body liberation it truly becomes about acceptance and acceptance with its flaws it's a great concept you know when it comes to body liberation and to kind of begin to conclude the entire episode um, we already covered many of the misconceptions i think previously in the criticism one of them being you know your body positivity doesn't mean you know loving your body 24/7 you know um, and also that body body positivity it's it's not limited to being a little bit bigger than the cultural ideal at the end of the day it's just all about acceptance and diversity and also that to some extent people often think that having a positive body image is the same thing as being body positive you know um i think if people kind of understand the difference uh on an individual as well as a social basis it could really help combat these misconceptions and get a very clear idea of what body positivity is in you know all of its purity and yeah i think at the end of the day what we can do to kind of Um, I mean, now to wrap up the entire episode, I think uh, having given the listeners and uh, ourselves, you know, the basic knowledge and kind of the strong foundation of what it is and its different aspects and its um, criticism and misconceptions and history, I think after all this, we could really just, you know, think about what the solutions are to this or what, rather than the solutions, you know, what are the good ways to perceive it, whether it's loving yourself or being confident. or just accepting that you can have your good days and your bad days so uh, yeah. i mean what what would your take be like as as well mine is simple and um i think for me it's just like like even like the most radical form of self care has been just like hydrating myself and understanding that to me um what body neutrality or getting there is is been about the fact that my body is very different from other people so even like you know reaching basic 
doing basic things like taking a bath, drinking water, having three meals a day, limited exercise because and not pushing my body to a point where I'm in more pain than I already am is 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 huge. And it's me taking care of myself and loving my body. Whereas for someone else, um, you know, their self-care and taking care of themselves and showing their body that they love it looks very different. And sometimes I realize I can't be there. For me, I think it also takes a lot of like mental toll to realize that, you know, we're all different and we all look different and we all feel different. So even if I may have the ideal body type to someone else who's looking at me, I have certain expectations and standards for my own body. Like I'm hard on myself for not being able to do certain things. And for me, it's just easing up on that. Whereas for someone else, it could be losing or gaining weight, but in a healthy manner, you know, and not like by following a particular unhealthy diet you know so it it just I feel like self-acceptance only comes with a lot of understanding and acknowledging that you have a problem because that's the first step to making any kind of change and that's what I would sort of suppose absolutely I mean now to you know end the episode and to give a little um, and to give a little positive goodbye message to all our listeners would just be as Adhiti said to kind of find acceptance in diversity and at the end of the day as long as you remember to embrace your uniqueness and to embrace your diversity uh, you'll always be good whether it's yours or others so yeah just always remember you're unique and that it's okay to be unique and it's great to have your own identity and yeah that would be and I think that would bring us to the end of this episode thank you Aditi for joining today's segment it was lovely to have you here and to hear your perspective on on this topic thank you so much for having me it was such a pleasure and I feel like I'm really glad that I had the opportunity to talk about something that I do feel very strongly about and I feel like people don't have a lot of knowledge about not um out of like not intentionally but um i feel like it's great that we're having this conversation so that people can look into it further and sort of accumulate more information about it i mean the pleasure was all mine and thank you listeners for tuning in and for making it through this entire episode uh you can dm us and give us a feedback you can on instagram and our email is in the description we really hope that you like this episode and that yeah you took away from it just as much as we did and yeah thank you thank you